Hey everybody, welcome back this week as we walk through the Word together. And as we walk out this truth, we discover that life is produced in us and also in other people. We are walking with one another, growing together to see the life of Christ continue to manifest and birth in us and then to see it spread outside of the walls of our houses and our church building. Man, God's just up to some really incredible things. And uh, I, I believe we're standing here because uh, of prayer. So we've been talking about the past couple of weeks is just prayer. What is prayer? Prayer is this conversation with God. A lot of times we think we're just gonna lay out all our, all our requests to him and we're gonna get God to move. But a lot of prayer is, yes, we're gonna, we're gonna talk to him this way, but he's actually talking back if we'll simply listen. What we believe is, I've said it often, what we believe is the most important thing. So uh, Tuesday, I'm, I'm walking downtown, I'm sitting on this bench, and um, you ever have those moments where you get so confused, you don't really know what's happening, but you don't know how to react? This happened to me. And I'm sitting on this park bench, and this little boy comes like fully masked. He's got like a, I mean, over his eye, there's no holes for the eyes, there's nothing, all blacked out. And he comes up behind me, y'all, and he, he like starts to whisper something. And I had that moment where like, there is no offense. Like there's a little person coming after me. He's dressed in all black and he's about to stab me in the back. Like I had that moment where I was like, what do you do? What am I doing? Like I'm about to, do I hit this guy or run? Like it had that moment, you know, it was so weird. And I was like so confused in the moment. And I didn't know what I believed about the moment. And it sent me into this great confusion. Like, do I run right now or do I hit this little person? I don't know what this is. And I didn't. And I just hesitated long enough to realize he's like some 12-year-old kid who's just tried to play a, a joke on me. But I'm like, I would have been on Channel 6, guys, for decking some 12-year-old. probably younger than 12. He was probably like 10 and <laughs> fully masked. But because I didn't know the truth, I didn't know how to respond. What I believed in the moment was that there was some kind of crazy something and I don't know what it is and he's coming after me and I gotta do something about it. Little did I know the truth was he's just a 10-year-old dressed in a full ski mask playing a joke. Happened to me this morning again. And these are stupid examples, but it's, it's expedited. It's increased in intensity in other situations. I'm just proving a point. I'm sitting on the front porch today and I'm sitting with my son, my littlest baby, and I had placed him on his little carrier and I was reading uh, the word a little bit and I looked away from my phone and when I looked at him, like I couldn't tell what was happening because he looked like he was like moving, like the lines were not crisp and I'm looking at him and I'm thinking low key y'all, like if you don't know this, I, they thought I had a stroke a few months ago and I looked at him and I was like, oh gosh, like it's happening again. And when I looked at him, like, I'm like, what is happening? And I heard this sound in my ears, like a vibrating sound. And I was like, I'm losing my mind. And I was like starting to get worried. And then I realized that he was sitting in this chair that is, has a vibrator on it and it's just vibrating. And I was like, oh. like, I'm okay. And I just clicked the button. I was like, oh, I'm fine. Oh, good. <laughs> What I believed in the moment was, I think I'm having a stroke. What was real was, he was sitting in a vibrating chair. What you believe can do some crazy stuff, y'all. And it's expedited in many of our lives in many different circumstances. And those are two stupid examples. 
But I bet you guys can think of a lot of other things in your life that a belief manifests in a unique way in your life. I was sure I was gonna get stabbed in the back by a midget, to be straight with you. In reality, it was a 10-year-old. I was sure I was having stroke 2.0. My kid was sitting in the vibrating chair. It's funny. We can laugh about it. But there's some things that are not so funny. And I think some things that I pray as we walk through what prayer looks like, that this conversation is a back and forth. And some of us are sitting there thinking like, well, I never heard God. It might have led to a disappointment in your life, maybe depression in your life. And that's what I want to speak to a little bit today. But I don't want to talk. I'm going to ask someone else to share how, what God has done and revealed in their life. I'm going to ask Aaron. Aaron, would you come up? And you're going to lead us in the word a little bit. So y'all make her feel right at home today. And then I'm going to finish it out for us today. Hi, I'm Erin Sanford. If you don't know, I'm Jay's younger sister. Um, we're, we're close in age. We're not that far apart. But um, yeah, I'm his younger sister. I've been here with our church since the get-go. Um, I'm also a school nurse. Tell you a little bit about myself. Um, and I work here sometimes in the kids' area and teach the kiddos back there. And I also love helping Genevieve on occasion with the weekly curriculum and writing that. That's kind of my jam. I love doing that kind of stuff. Um, but I just want to share with you a little bit of my experience over the past little bit, um, and I hope it's an encouragement to you. Um, as a school nurse over the past um, year and a few months, um, I've been at a certain school, and I've been in charge of all the medical needs of kids, and then on top of that, all the COVID ridiculousness that's, come, that's happened in schools over the um, past year. Um, but over the past couple of months in particular, I've been in the COVID trenches again, and that comes with angry people on both sides of the spectrum. Um, so I felt like I constantly was dealing with angry emails, angry phone calls, um, just putting out fires all day, every day, basically. Um, but I didn't feel like much of a nurse anymore, um, and it's just been incredibly draining in every aspect of my life. Um, but I've, I, and I've, in my job, I felt quite the opposite of being used by God. Um, and it just became real, I became real frustrated with humanity in general. Um, it created a critical spirit in me. Um, and the Lord just felt seemingly distant. Like, um, I'm not seeing him do anything in my life. I'm not seeing him at work. Um, I don't feel like I'm being used to further his kingdom at all. Um, and I've had to actively pray for a spirit of love towards humanity. Um, I know that my heart really wasn't a, a reflection of his, um, so I asked him to help me with it. Um, but the Lord has helped me as I prayed and just talked with him about it. Um, one day, just a light bulb just went off, and it was just like the Lord helped me to see his great love for us. And when you experience the depravity of man, the depravity of your own sin, it makes that, that love and that sacrificial love of Christ so much more just incredible. Um, and just unexplainable, and you, you just treasure it so much more. Um, when that love that God, when you finally like grasp in your heart that love that has been extended to you in Christ, it becomes easier to extend it to others. Um, but the Lord has just been transforming my heart over the, the past few months as I spent time with him, and he's just given me a tender heart. 
uh, towards people again, which is an essential heart change for what I share with you going forward. Um, With all this at the school and the Lord working in my heart in this way, I'd also come to church um, and I'd hear all that people were experiencing with prayer. And I'm not especially experiencing it in that way um, or the Lord wasn't revealing himself to me in a vision or something like that. And I honestly felt a frustration or feeling of not being adequate um, or not doing enough or not measuring, measuring up to everybody else. Um, and I just would leave saying, maybe, maybe that's true. Maybe that's happened to them, but it hasn't happened to me. Um, and I've always, I'm always open to what the Lord has for me, but I just don't take people's word for it. Um, I have to experience it myself, especially instruction given by my brother. I love him, but no offense. Um, <laughs> But I, I really, the Lord knows my heart. He knows that I have to have confirmation um, from him. He has, to, he has to really reveal it to me. I've told the Lord, too, my feelings about this. I thought, have I fooled myself? Am I really saved if I'm not experiencing what they're experiencing? Um, and I searched scripture because I love, I love scripture, but I searched scripture because that's where I find my truth. That's where I pass every thought by to make sure that I'm thinking correctly. But I searched through scripture, and I know, yes, I have confessed Jesus Christ as my Lord. I know the depth of my sin against God. I understand the freedom his saving grace gives. Um, I know the fullness of life that he offers. And I know from John 10 that nothing can snatch me from his hand. Um, So I'm confident that I belong to the Lord. But God, I thought, God, if I'm missing something, please don't hold back. Like, I I want this. I want to experience you deeply. And I know our walk with the Lord is a process, and he's constantly growing and sanctifying us, so I know the Lord wouldn't hold back. Um, But I've just been in a discouraged place, just in many aspects. Um, And I'm going to go off on all these tangents, but my husband, Bo, I'll I'll tie it all together. My husband, Bo, is an early riser. He gets up at 4 a.m. and he works out and he has his uh, devotion or catches up on some work or something. He's just the most disciplined man I've ever met in my life. If you haven't met him, you need to. Um, But he's experienced the benefit to his soul of rising early with the Lord and starting his day and getting focused. I typically drag my heels. I don't like early mornings. I love sleep so much. I love naps. Um, But Bo's been trying to motivate me and encourage me to get up early Um, like him and do the same. So he plugs in my phone across the room and plugs it in so that when my alarm goes off, I have to get up out of bed and walk to my phone. And he encourages me to get up and get going. Um, Or he'll come in early with a Chick-fil-A sweet tea and leave it there, you know, like, come on, get out of bed. Um, But he's a very patient encourager and a gentle motivator. Um, I think everyone needs a bow in their life. Um, but I did start getting up early, and I started walking my neighborhood at Bo's recommendation of getting some exercise in and get going. Um, at the same time as all this, I kind of helped write a curriculum in the kids' area um, with Genevieve, and um, I, I just love it. And I had um, a passage that I was responsible for um, writing for, and it was Colossians 4, verses 2 through 4. And so I was just trying to figure out how to break it down to the basics for a kid to understand. Um, Paul's giving Christians in Colossae this instruction. I'll just read it to you because it's, it's pretty self-explanatory. But it says, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. 
And pray for us, too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. And pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. So, like I said, it's really self-explanatory and gives practical application as to what our ministry should mirror. Um, Basically, one, there's three points. One, devote yourself to prayer. That's the first and the most important thing. The others won't happen without it. So, two, be watchful. And then three, be thankful. And then specifically pray that God opens doors and that I proclaim it clearly. And prayer is mentioned three times in this short little section. So I thought, um, I've not really been praying for doors to be open lately or being watchful or thankful or in prayer all that much at all. So how can I teach this to kids or write this lesson if I'm not actively doing this? It's just not going to mean anything. So I've got to apply this, and the only way I can think is to ask the Lord to help me do it. Um, And lately, prayer has been more of this plead on my end. Going through all that I've gone through in my job, um, it's been more of a relieve me, like spare me from this. This is misery. Um, And um, protect me from this, and not a lot of listening to the Lord. It's it's been real, like, self-focused, but not much listening. And at times it's like, I know he's there, kind of like Tim Hood touched on a couple weeks ago. He said something about how um, I, I can know he's sovereign and I can get indifferent about talking to him because he knows what I need and I don't necessarily feel the need to devote myself to prayer. So I, I just don't. Um, these verses, though, say to devote yourself to prayer. It's a constant thing. Uh, really, it's a mindset I looked up in the Strong's Concordance um, the Greek definition of this word devote, and it means to persist in, to persevere in, and to continue steadfast in. Um, But these verses challenged me to focus on prayer and recognize its importance in my life. It's essential, and I know I can't be effective without talking to him or being in communion with him. I'm Frustrated in life and frustrated that I'm not being used by God in my job, but what do I expect if I'm not in communion with him? Um, So I started really focusing on talking to the Lord um, on my early morning walks as Bo encouraged me to get up. So I just started to um, pray specifically these things from Colossians 4. And that day on my walk, um, after I had studied that passage, I just had some time praising him, and I just recalled his attributes. You know, those are just the characteristics of God that you love, and just spent some time praising him. Um, and I asked him to help me just be attentive to his voice and hear, um, hear his voice. I told him I wanted him to use me and to make his name known, um, but I needed to see him at work. I needed and desired for him to grow my faith. Um, I asked him if there would be anyone that day he wanted me to talk to or pray for just to let me know. And I'd do it. I would, I would do it. And I walked in silence for a bit on my walk, and um, I immediately, well, not immediately, I walked for a little bit, and then this name of a student at the school just popped into my mind. It was so random, and it was um, one out of a thousand students that I know at the school. Um, I remembered the name, but I'd had, I didn't remember the person's face. Um, I couldn't remember what they looked like, but I thought... Um, maybe it was something that I just randomly thought of. And I thought, well, you know, if it's actually from you, Lord, um, I'll look for this person 
but they have to come to my clinic at this certain time because I'm leaving at this certain time. Um, I'm only going to be there for a couple of hours. And I typically get there, I get in my work zone, I get my job done, um, and I move on with my day. But I ask the Lord to help me keep this name on the forefront of my mind um, and help me be watchful and alert today and that I don't get tunnel vision like I normally do. Um, and this is exactly what Paul mentioned in Colossians 4. We need help being spiritually alert um, I started my day, and I had two kiddos come into my clinic and was trying to get them taken care of, and then someone else walked in. And I turned over, and I said, hey, buddy, what's your name? And they told me their name, and I just sat there for a second, and I was like, it's the name. It's the person. And I, I just thought in my heart, I was like, thank you, Lord, you're so sweet to me. You told me they would be here. Um, but they were just there for something simple, and I, I told this kid the story about God giving me their name this morning on my walk, and they shyly smiled, and their face lit up a little, felt special. Um, and I knew it was going to be awkward with the others in the room, um, but when the Lord has been so obvious, I couldn't pass it up. The other, the other two kids that were in there, they just kind of listened intently to our conversation, um, and I said to the person, I said, can I pray for you? is there anything specific? And they said no, and I just prayed that God would shield uh, their heart and mind, and I prayed for their little ailment and uh, gave it to the Lord, and they went on their way. Um, but I just couldn't believe it. I was just like, wow, God, look at you. Um, I, couldn't, I just couldn't believe it. And I texted Bo, and I was like, wait till I tell you what happened to me today. Um, but I just kept thanking God for strengthening my faith over this simple little thing and helping me be alert and watchful and remember that name. Um, it was just a gift to me, but it wasn't over. Uh, the Lord had specifically given me this name because there would be more, and I didn't know it. Um, I simply thought that it was incredible that she showed up. That was it. Um, but they really needed the Lord that day, um, and he was so kind to prepare me. A little while later, the same, um, same person came in, and they were having a panic attack. And I was able to um, get a little background on what was going on in their life. Um, there were some serious, serious struggles going on, and I was able to have some time with them by ourselves. And um, the Holy Spirit called to mind things that I've studied for the kids' area in prayer. And I just spoke truth to them, and I told them how much God loved them, and God wanted to, to talk to them and know them deeply. Um, we talked about laying our worries down at the foot of the cross, and when we get tempted to go pick it back up, we just go back to the Lord and tell the Lord, Lord, I'm tempted to pick this worry back up. Um, and... It was just a sweet time. We got to pray with each other again. The conversation was like truly heartbreaking, but I was able to speak truth and love on them um, and just kept thanking God for preparing me to know who needed that reminder of his love today. Uh, it was a gift truly to me. I don't know more so for that person, but more for me. Um, and to, to make things even more unusual for me, um, the next morning I just praised God uh, for what he had done. Um, and remember that third aspect of that Colossians 4, um, it's that praise and that thankfulness is just a natural overflow when you see him at work. It's just praise. Um, that was just so amazing. And then I said, okay, who else, Lord? Anyone else? And as I walked along on my walk, I was kind of nervous to ask him that second go. <laughs> um, but the, as I was walking, I um, was walking in silence and just listening. And then I had this thought of this, particular person and this particular hairdo. I couldn't see their face necessarily, but I knew exactly what their hair looks like. It was very distinct. 
Um, and it was such a random thought, but it seemed very significant. Um, and I knew exactly what gender, um, so I knew what to look for, but didn't know the face. Um, I thought, well, maybe I'm making this one up, but Lord, you'll help me be alert and watchful again if this is going to happen. And I haven't seen anyone like that um, at work, so I thought, I won't see them today, maybe somewhere else. Um, so I worked the entire day and didn't see anyone. And as I was about to leave, I got a call from someone, and they said, hey, I need you quick. Can you come up? Um, and so I headed to them, and as I was walking, I thought, oh, Lord, if that person has this hair, I'm going to freak out. I'm not going to do this. Um, and I walked into the room, and the person's hands were like this, and all I could see was the hair. And I was like, bah, this is the hair. Um, but I I, my heart just sank, and I thought, this is going to be so awkward, but how can I not? This is too amazing and too obvious that I have to. Um, and this person was also dealing with severe anxiety, um, and after caring for immediate needs, I told them about what God had done for me that morning, and I asked if I could pray with them. Um, and with tears in their eyes, they said yes, and the Lord just opened up some good, honest conversation in that, um, and I was just amazed at God again, just in awe. But all this to say, the Lord has brought meaning to my mundane job um, that was really draining and not life-giving at all, and simply through prayer and studying scripture and trying to simplify it um, into a form that a kid could understand. Um, but his word is living and active. It pierces the heart. Um, and then in communion and talking with God, we have this confidence not just to hear it, but to do it. Um, and I noticed that after this experience with the Lord, I tend to be watchful and notice other open doors um, throughout my day. And I'm sensitive to the nudge of the Holy Spirit to take advantage of, of those moments. Um, I just think this is such kindness of, of God to me um, in a very trying time in my life. But I, I tell you this as an encouragement to persevere and persist in prayer and to apply his word. Um, it brings meaning to the mundane. And he's growing all of us and his word is true. In Colossians 4 is simply an invitation to all of us. I'll let Jake come up. A lady named Evelyn Underhill said this, if God were small enough to be understood, he isn't big enough to be worshiped. If your God is small enough to be understood, he isn't big enough to be worshiped. And as we talk about this today, when I talk about belief, the way I explain it, the scripture talks about the spirit of truth is the word spirit is a breath in the Bible. It's a, it's really hard to translate. It's pneuma. It's literally like, it's a, it's a breath. And when you breathe in oxygen, that oxygen becomes a part of your body becomes a part of everything that allows your body to have energy and move. The same is true about belief. When you receive a spirit that is not true, it affects you. It affects your being. And the reason that Colossians is written, is written to a people who need to be helped back into the truth because people have 
joined in and begun to teach things that weren't very true. And so at the end of this passage, which is what Aaron talked about, it's, I'll, I'll reread it really quick. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. And at the same time, he says, pray also for us that God may open up to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I'm in prison, that I may make this clear, which is how I ought to speak. But he says these three points are very important for us, and I want to encourage us with these, and then I want to tell you why that he actually said them. Commit yourselves to prayer. Some of us in the room are like, I'm, I'm overcommitted, buddy. I don't got time. Anybody? Come on now. Number two, stay awake and ready. Be watchful. That means as you pray, be ready. Never go to sleep is really what it means. Don't sleep on it. Be ready for it because when you pray according to God's will, listen, you've aligned your life with him and he's active and moving. That means it's about to move. Get ready. The third thing is be thankful. And we all like to believe that that is all possible in our own strength. But let me tell you, unless you understand what Paul has written in the first chapters. You don't get what actually energizes you to do this stuff. Chapter one is so important of Colossians because it brings us all into right believing. And as you bring in yourself to believing the truth, you actually receive the power of God and it actually empowers you to do this. Here's what he says, and I want to make sure, because we're from all different backgrounds, and we've got a lot of new people coming in, and I just want to make sure that we're all on the same page of what we believe together today. This is what Paul was helping the church of Colossae understand was true. And I believe this truth, as you receive it in, will set you absolutely free. And maybe it's the first time some of you have ever heard this truth. Then I pray that, God has his way in this room today because this is the truth that transformed my personal life and many of ours in this room. Colossians chapter one, verse 19, Paul writes and says, for God in all of his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. Paul was helping them understand, hey, listen, God indwelled and became man. Jesus wasn't just some guy, he was God in the flesh. He was a big deal. He was, in fact, the biggest deal of all time. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. The word reconcile is literally to balance the books. Anybody like accounting in the room? Anybody love to balance books? I don't, so some of y'all are great gifted people. Yeah, yeah, my man. Good luck on your test, by the way. But he says, basically, Jesus came and balanced the books out because they weren't balanced, they were out of balance. And they were so out of balance, you and I were so indebted, we couldn't actually pay the debt. How are we going to balance them back? Some of y'all feel the weight in your own balance book right now, in your own checkbook. So through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This is what balanced the books. Some of us like to think what we do balances the books with God. It's the reason you're not thankful to God anymore. 
You won't be thankful if you have to do with your own salvation because you are the reason to be thanked. Thanked. And this is our natural bend, guys. Listen, if you walk this faith long enough, eventually you will still want to be praised for the good work that you begin to do. The second you are not thankful anymore, understand the reason why is because the object of your affection has shifted from the one who did work to the one you think did work. So if you're not thankful today, come back into the truth and quit receiving the lie that you have something to do with your goodness. Because if goodness is being produced in your life, it's because God has invited you into that way. He reconciled you for a purpose. Now let's continue. By means of his own blood, which he paid for, for all of us, this includes you. He reconciled everything, he said, and everything includes you. You. That means the books were balanced for you. This includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now, he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result of this work, he has brought you into his own presence, and you are, look at this, holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. Does anybody feel like you're at fault? Does anybody feel like you've got a bunch of faults in your life? If you try to fix your faults to be faultless before God, it is another fault. You get in the hamster wheel of trying to impress God. Anybody ever get into that thing? And you run and run until you're so tired, you go, I can't run any longer. And you find yourself just tumbling through that thing, you know? This is every one of our temptations. But I want to receive the truth today because this truth will relieve and set us free. God wants to set you free today. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. That's a reason to say thank you, is it not? Come on, if this truth was true every single morning when you woke up, oh yeah, I mean, you feel relieved. This, is the, this isn't my words, I'm not making this up to you. So I'm not just a brother speaking, you know what I mean? Like, this is the word of God. I might be talking it, but this is the word. And the word says, through Jesus Christ, you and I wake up blameless and faultless every single morning because of what Christ did, not what we do. There's a reason to say thank you every single second of the day. And if you lean into a different experience, it will not be enough to keep you thankful. The gospel is the power of God. The word speaks about it being dynamite for your soul. What I'm speaking to you is not man's wisdom. It's the foolishness of man. But to those who believe, this will set you free. I want to read that again. You are holy 
and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. But you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard this good news. Listen, this is the battle of faith. I would love to put my faith somewhere else. I'm tempted every single day to put my faith in Jay Smith. And every time I begin to, I'm reminded that I'm set and secure in Christ and he's got me. And I step back and I go, oh, thank you and for reminding me. Now listen, if you've never understood that, you can have that and be declared holy and blameless before God as you receive that by faith. Have it, it's yours. This is not just for good people, it's for every people. God loved the world so much that he did this for the entire world. Whoever would receive this truth will have everlasting life that begins the moment that you receive it. And the moment you receive it, it transforms your life and gives you a brand new reason for living. Can you imagine waking up every day knowing you were set apart for God's purpose today? It's a free gift of God. If you will receive this, it will set you free to live God's purpose-filled life for you. The word tells us to be born of spirit and water. <gasps> I must receive that and it becomes a part of my life. Believe. And my response to that belief is to be baptized into death with Christ and raised to walk with his life. I, by faith, put this out for a reason today. Last week, we prayed as a church. So by faith, I respond to the prayers of his people. Two prayers I grabbed first. I just grabbed two. I didn't even look, I just grabbed two. I pray that we reach our city in ways that the Lord has called us to. I pray that we grow as a church by seeing lost souls come to Jesus and not just more believers coming to join us here. I believe that maybe, just maybe, we have sat here or there's new people here and you've never really heard the just ex explicit gospel before. This gospel is for you. Maybe you've sat for years and you've never really understood that and received it, but that's the simple gospel. And today you need the books reconciled. I wanna invite you to be reconciled today. If that's you today, what? I just ask this, let's bow our heads because I wanna go into a time where like, I actually believe that salvation can enter this room. It's, it's today's the day of salvation for some people. Mass DC, come on. Hey, today, if, if that's you today and you're like, man, I've sat for a long time and I need to go the distance. I need to trust Jesus. Today's the day. If that's you today, would you lift your hand? I have, I have shorts, shirts, and towels for you. But today I wanna make I wanna make no room for the miss. I think today is such an important day. If today's the day where you need to be made right with God today, would you, would you let me know? Would you raise your hand and say, hey, today I wanna actually take, take that step of faith? Father, we're so thankful 
that this message is one that is for all of us. And God, the fact that you balanced the books, but that price was so expensive. But you willingly, it was like a joy for you because you loved us so much, you paid that price. You went the distance. And your baptism wasn't one of simply water, but of death. But you took a baptism for us so that that wouldn't have to be our baptism. Our baptism could be regeneration. God, thank you for taking that for us. Thank you that we'll never have to taste the sting of death. Thank you that we'll never have to take, taste the sting of hell. God, I, I just pray that that thanks would only rise in our souls all the more as we know the truth, receive the truth, and as it sets us free to then move. Father, awaken us to this real reality that we can walk in every moment. Store joy in the room just by your simple truth. Store hope in the room today. Store love for others today. By faith, these are our prayers. What Paul prayed now, because you are holy and blameless, there's another lie that some of us believe. I can't possibly do anything about this because I'm not there, you know? I'm not good enough or I'm not ready enough. I'm not that enough. I'm not you enough, whatever that enough is. If you have received this truth, then you have been filled with the power and presence of God. You are holy and blameless before God. You've been brought into his presence. It means ushered in. You don't gotta fight to get there. You are there. Through faith in Jesus, you are there. Receive that truth. Stop trying to fight somewhere you don't have to fight to get to. That'll leave you frustrated, confused, angry. And God will always seem distant because he's always saying, no, no, I brought you near. You just don't believe me. I brought you near. Now, you've been brought near. You're holy and you're blameless. Those of us in the room, we've prayed that, trusted Jesus, been baptized into his name, great. Now would you join Paul? And would you begin to pray from a place of being thankful, not to be thankful? If you're looking for a reason to be thankful, he's gonna say, I've already made a reason for you to be thankful. And it was on the cross. Look to the cross every single morning. Look to the cross every single morning and remember the truth that you are holy and blameless and he's ushered you into his presence. You are there. But I don't feel there, but you are there. And you combat the feeling with your faith, with the truth of that thing that you've put your faith in. My faith isn't in my circumstance. My faith is in the cross and in Jesus Christ who sits resurrected, by the way. There's where my faith is. And as we get back into that thinking, you can then be thankful and it will keep you moving in the right direction. Now we pray going, God, I know 
you've brought me near. I know you have me at my job for a reason. I know I have my family for a purpose. I know I'm in Knoxville, Tennessee for a reason. I know I go to Midtown Community for a purpose. Come on. I know because you brought me near and I'm with you and you're with me. This is the truth we received and it has set us free. Now pray and be watchful and join him. Join him and his life will be more than you could ever expect or imagine. If God is small enough to be understood, he isn't big enough to be worshiped. Would you join Paul in praying that a door would open for you to share the good news clearly as we should? Would you join me today, this week, in praying these prayers? And by faith, moving in the moment because he's about to open the door. If that's you today and you're saying, that's my prayer, would you, um, would you stand? And I'm gonna ask that you actually come stand here. And I want, we wanna commission anybody who says like, I want a door to open for me. And I'm, I'm saying, I'm willing. Like I know what you've preached, Jay. And I'm like in. I wanna see God move in my life. I'm gonna ask that you stand and come stand here. And we wanna pray over each other. If that's you, would you stand if you say, I want a door this week. I want a door. Right where you are, would you just offer up a prayer to our Father and begin to ask for that door. Let's follow the example. Step in by faith. And let's go in with a heart of thankfulness because he's about to move. You're praying according to his will. Father, we step in and we, we come to you with full assurance. Full assurance, not because of our works, but because of yours. Because of the truth that you gave us, we stand and we come in boldly. You told us to come boldly, so that's what we do. We come in boldly and we call to you, Dad. Dad, we, we don't want our way. We don't want to live in another land. We want to live in your house. We want to live with you and walking your steps. We need your guidance and your direction, oh God. And we want to join you and your work in Knoxville. You're at work all around us, God. I pray that you would open up our eyes, that we might actually see your work, God. Give us your eyes to see people that we work with once we've gotten used to, God. I pray that you would give us eyes to see our husbands and our wives differently because they're our first ministry, God. I pray, God, that you give us a great love as you've loved us for husbands to love their wives as Christ loved the church and gave his life for it. And God, as the, as the church submits itself to Christ, so wives in the same way, respecting their husbands and loving them in that way, God. Oh Lord, I pray that we would have eyes to see people in our lives the way you do our kids as well. In the same way you gently love and direct your kids, God, I pray that we would gently love and direct ours. Give us your words to speak life over them and not death. God, our coworkers, open up our mouths to speak only your words as you, Jesus, spoke only your Father's words. Might we be one with you as you were one with your Father in every moment, not just in random moments, not just in the moments we come to church. But God, as we walk down the street, as we walk into Pilate, as we go to the grocery store, God, I pray that you would embolden us with your fire from heaven, God. Set us ablaze 
And God, as we spend time in your presence, might our countenance glow as Moses glowed as he had stood on the mount with you. Because we now stand with an unveiled face, God. As we behold your glory, so this world will behold yours through us as we commune with you. So we rest in this reality, God, this truth. And God, I pray that you would take us to new depths and greater expectation. God, take our church into a deep awe with you and the stories you write with our lives. We simply say, here we are, the vessel that we are. Whatever you have created us to be, we say yes to. Move us in your ways. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. May it be so.